welcome to We're Not Wizards. We are the best, but not wizards. Enjoy the show! They're a bit, they're a bit combative. They're a bit punchy. They're a bit kicky. They're a bit fighty. You got to put them in a box. So joining me to talk about conquest, princess, fashion is power. From fight in a box game studios, I've got Seppi Yoon. Hello. Hey, Richard. <laughs> that has to be the most dynamic internal visualization I've ever had during a warm-up to an interview like you took me on a full journey i kind of it was like going to the zoo and we ended up <laughs> at the penguins i think kind of thing um yeah we are here to talk about conquest princess who in fashion is power a, a co-op bag building board game with more alliteration than the word alliteration itself <laughs> so it's currently on GameFound. Um, do you know what we should do? We should have what? a quick shout out to Mr. William Brown, oh, who emailed us from out of nowhere. And he said, "Yous are both fools. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to put you in the same room and we're going to see what happens. And it's either going to go like custard or it's going to end up like apple strudel, kind of crust, crust, sweet and crusty. crusty how did you like? How did you know my name in college? Like, oh my god! There you go. <laughs> um, now, what we like to do, we're not wizards, is we like to have a little bit of a chat about the past. So we're going to look back at the blue ink drawings of the past on on the on the paper. We're going to look at the present with the sewing pins and the bits of cloth. And then we're going to look into the future at the fully fashionable, furry, (laughs) furnished (laughs) fashion outfits of Conquest Princess. Um, We're going to start at the beginning. Okay. 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 Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the very, very, it's a very good place to start. (laughs) Um, when you were growing up, when you were growing oh, yes. up, were you a creative person or were you somebody that discovered you were a creative person? Because there are some people that when they're four years old are drawing stick figures that are literally looking like they're kind of like, you know, statues of David. And then there's people like me who are literally drawing four-armed people with 13 fingers and a nose halfway up their head. But then, later on in life, they discover how to mix all these things around and actually make them look like proper things. What kind of person were you? Um, I liked drawing in the lines, I think. Mm. Uh, I think my creativity 
showed itself in a vivid, like, internal journey. Mm -hmm. Like, I was that kid you could leave alone for countless hours. Mm -hmm. My ability to self-entertain, I think, was, like, I played solo Monopoly in the 70s more times than is probably legal without Child Protective Services <laughs> coming and collecting your child. Did you win? <laughs> no, I lost a lot. Like, you know, I'm playing with four, I'm gonna play four different people in this, this game. And of course, I lose more times than I win. Like, yeah. But gee, right, okay. See, when you're playing like a game by yourself, because sometimes, right, okay, you have you have something in the review land which is called double handing okay okay and what that I've means is when you're learning a, <laughs> stop it when you're learning a game okay stop it when you're learning behave when you're learning a game okay you'll have you'll set up kind of like two players because there's no point yeah. in just doing a solo mode because the solo mode is always a different experience from actually when and then it allows you to learn the game it allows you to see the possibilities of the hands and stuff like that but then, but then you can end up in the situation as you turn into like some kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing where you can be like, okay, I'm just going to play this card here and then I'm going to do this and get these resources. And it's like, are you? Are you going to play this card here? Don't. So when you play Monopoly, did you have like the four, four parts of the compass kind of like, East is really evil. He's like, I'm buying Park Lane. Oh, I love that a little bit. Uh, I think that must have happened at least once. I feel like we've created another barrier for board gamers. We started this board game podcast talking about Monopoly. Yeah. And we should really talk. And we, you know, you have to say you hate it and all these other no, kinds no, of things. No. You can't talk about formative Monopoly experiences. Um, I think I did personas based on the pieces. Okay, so here's the next question, right? Were because in in the good old in the good old UK, right? We had like a dog, we had like we a had ship. Yeah, we had a, a battleship. We had a, we had a shoe. Yeah, we had a shoe. We had an iron. We did. And I think that's I don't know I can't remember what else. But. The top hat oh, is the top clearly hat. the winner. Like the good guy in our narrative. Mm -hmm. The top hat was clearly the good guy, and the battleship was clearly evil. See, you're not thinking properly about this, because clearly, if you're thinking properly what you do, right, is you would have all the other players then, and then you'd be just playing the game, kind of wearing the top hat. Don't judge me. You <laughs> oh, don't know what I did. That's exactly what you did. That's exactly what you did. Didn't you? You're sitting there. I always there, loved it. You're sitting there balancing hats. the top hat, moving the iron uh, about. Yeah. Well, a fashion is power. Like I understood that the top hat yeah. was clearly yeah. uh, in it with the shoes to try to make this happen. Um, the thimble. Yeah. Oh, the thing. Just all these yeah. different kind of things that I keep forgetting. Okay. So, right. what kind of different personalities did the pieces have then? Um. That's a good question. Um. Other than like the pure evil of destructive energy of the. <laughs> Of the of the battleship and the the conniving like, uh, um, did you see Disney's Robin Hood with the fox? Uh, yeah, who didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like you know, every town, you know, like there's this like this, you know, uh, I think the this like Mr. Fox attitude for the top hat. Mm -hmm. um, 
this underappreciated working ethic for the thimble. Like, and I didn't have quite, I was not quite old enough in the 70s to be able to articulate all these things, but I felt them. But as an Asian child, I played Monopoly like you might solo play chess. I was really interested in the math of what was going on here and why this was fun and what made it a good move and how this, you know, and how far I could see into the game. See, I remember, the reason I remember Monopoly is because um, we, I did play a lot. You know, I had a lot of fun. And you could say that it led me into playing games like Escape from Atlantis and Lost Valley, the Dinosaurs. And there was another game called Hotel, which had like 3D hotels that you build. It had like a little Waikiki thing and it had like a boomerang hotel and it had a big, huge, tall hotel. So Monopoly, for me, was one of the games that we all kind of went was all kind of what that we went kind of back to, you know, and we, you never, you had your own family rules. But I remember there was like one community chess card that we always got drawn. And it was like, you've won, it was something like you've won 50 pound in a beauty, uh, you've won 50 pound by coming second place in a beauty contest. And my dad at the time always had the same joke, which was, ha ha ha. The first prize went to the pig <laughs> every single time without fail. And you kind of look back on that and I think, was that the start of all my trauma? But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yep. we've got, as I say, welcome to We're Not Children, um, a child <laughs> stepped through. People. Are you sure we're not children? <laughs> I don't I have no idea. It's just like, we're just making this up as it go along. So, Absolutely. you went through school. Mm. Did you go on and study? Mm. Were you a mm. college person? Mm. And if you were a college um, person, what did you do at college? Or did you not? Or did you just go out into the wide world with a stick, with a handkerchief that was tied to get into adventures? Ah, sort of. Okay, so... Um, my degree, mm -hmm. uh, I was, uh, English. I studied English at the university of Michigan. Wow. Okay. And, um, uh, with a, with a, uh, a minor in Asian American and creative lit. Wow. So, so that is what, that is what I studied for. And it did give me one skill, uh, the ability to write and, um, I have a little bit of a learning disability, so I read very slowly mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, and this is before a lot of other stuff, but, uh, I wrote many manuscripts in college by many, I mean, many pages to maybe one or two or three, but it felt like many, uh, and of course a lot of stories and poems and so forth and whatnot, but in all of them, the characters were super unpleasant. I could not write a likable character. And I could not write um, realistic situations. And so I decided uh, very poorly that I would uh, go back in the closet and tell the story about being gay in the military. And so I joined the Navy. <laughs> no, he didn't. Richard, I did. This is exactly, this is the thing that I did. I was terrible. Like, you're talking about going so on you decided, like I, I'm just checking this, right? So you decided to go, were you in a submarine or were you in a boat? 
Mm, I, I ended up getting kicked out for Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That's how old I am. Really? Yeah, I got an honorable discharge for homosexual acts. Wow. That's how good I am at homosexual acts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's like I decided the best thing to do is go and lock myself in the middle of the ocean in a big, in a big metal iron tube. <laughs> With 150 well, other guys. It's true. Uh, you've been there. You were there no. with me. I knew <laughs> that was definitely a thing. So, no, I was uh, volunteering at the Gay Community Center. Ooh. I was doing all this other kinds of stuff. And then somewhere during naval nuclear power training, I was in naval nuclear power. <laughs> I got my plumber's license. I do have my plumber's license. So after I got my plumber's license and I'm going to prototype, that's when you're going to... Uh, get to play with a nuclear reactor. I like looked at myself and said, "Can I do better?" <laughs> after getting my, after being in the navy and doing some do, doing some naval I, gazing, can, <laughs> some naval gazing. Can I can I do better? Yeah. And, uh, and um, I had joined it not only because of this. I had actually joined the navy during Don't Ask, Don't Tell secretly mm. for uh, my ex boyfriend. Right. Um, and that's a terrible reason to go into. You the went tonight. into service to chase after somebody, yeah. and you're saying to me, right, that I you spent ages you? trying no, to write and trying to write a decent manuscript. Yeah. And then all you should have done was just your autobiography. <laughs> no one wants to read that trash. Number one, Richard, they would not believe it, right? Number two, I'm old now. I'm like really old no. now. And so who knows how many big fish stories are in this? Like, this is how I remember it because I've retold it, but uh, who knows? It could change. Like, I mean, it could change. Are, Richard, you, near you, 50, are you near 50 yet? And Richard, you can see me. I, I, I went to Star Wars in the theater. I played, taught myself and played Monopoly solo in the 70s. Right. Guess how old I am. Like, seriously. So, um, <laughs> so... Asian people, yeah. if you don't know, mm -hmm. uh, look like I do from when they're 10 until, you know, at a certain age. And then they go full avocado. And I'm about <laughs> two weeks. Like, I can feel the overripeness. I am just about two weeks from going full avocado. <laughs> you're just going to wake up and you're going to have like a really long kind of like wispy beard and mustache kind of thing. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to get, you know what's going to happen is that, see with that one sentence, yeah. Just me saying yeah. that, uh -huh. I'm going to be all over Twitter. <laughs> Racist host of <laughs> We're Not Wizards <laughs> confirmed with, a, with that one sentence. <laughs> I'm going to be first in line with my pitchfork and my torch I'm to gonna cancel you. I'm going to look forward to finally getting cancelled and everybody going, you know what? If you listen, we you can take certain words from his podcasts and if you mix them together, he has some real unsay. I'm really worried. You know what? That's what. Mm -hmm. See when you've recorded like almost 500 episodes. Wow. Don't. Because it's like, do you know what it was? The judge said, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can either go to jail again <laughs> or you can do these podcasts. Yeah. Community and service. I didn't realize... That if I had actually done jail time, I would have been out quicker, because it's been seven seven years. But you know, when you've got done that kind of level of podcasting, literally, it's like my bank keeps on contacting me and saying, "We want to we want to do voice recognition technology, so that you can just phone us up and rather than say your kind of username and account number and stuff like that, 
you can just start talking and we'll recognize your voice. And I'm like, are you having a giraffe? There's no way. <laughs> because literally I'm going to go to my bank account and it's going to be more empty than kind of than kind of normal but there you go so yeah so i'm expecting to be like by the time this comes out it'll probably i'll put a little snippet out there do you know it'll be like um was it you get those people in his most racist interview yet and uh, <laughs> just let them all just well you know what it's like because people are like kind of like they'll go out for the pitchforks before they even check the kind of the facts nowadays i mean that's kind of that's good kind of how it kind of works so you left the Navy. <laughs> now we're back. Now we're, <laughs> now, now now we're, we're back in the room. We're, we're back in the room. Dropping back in. Back in into the room. The story. So, because yeah. there's no point in me, because yeah. if you don't stop me, I just keep going. I'm like the Duracell. I, I'm, I'm like the Duracell. Don't stop me now. Funny. We're having a good we time. We are having a ball. We're, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but I'm yeah. trying to get the connection between uh-huh. salty water and dry water. and dry cardboard. <laughs> oh, cardboard. So where do you, so you jump uh, out of the navy? Yeah, no. So you you wanted like go on an adventure. Well, this story. is. I like, feel like I feel tired. That's the most. That's the most. Go on an adventure story. I wanted to go on a romantic adventure. I was a believer in love, Richard. I was a believer in love, and I was going to tell the story, and I was going to live it. Mm-hmm. And um. One of the things I did when I was working at the Gay Community Center Mm -hmm. was take stories and testimonials to work on my story of retired uh, people Mm -hmm. uh, who had been veterans and who were uh, at the men's coming out group. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, young queer people, there used to be a men's coming, like there was a lot of facilitating and like, do I want to come out? Do I want to tell my family? Like there's like, there's this thing. And, um, yeah, and so I got very like gripping stories from like people who flew those like suicide gliders during World War II for Normandy. And so like I was not expecting this like oh my god, I don't think I'm equipped to tell this story. Like I was like holy, you know, like yeah, was, uh, so I got uh, yeah, I have a whole box of my stuff and the the notes that I took during that time, um, I'm not no sure if I'm, it's even legible. But as far as like like adventures recorded, uh, it wasn't only my adventure; it was a whole slew of adventures. Like uh, you know, World War Z is a a novel based on a whole bunch of stories yeah. about the end of the world. Yeah. From the, this would be like World War Q. But why don't you write it up then? <laughs> Uh, you gotta have talent to do things like no, you, that. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, okay, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna come back to you. At Fifty Shades of Grey, Whoa. which was quite literally like fanfic Whoa. that people kind of took it up. <laughs> you know, every time you look at that stuff, there's there's there are absolute definite examples of people that you know have no talent whatsoever, but a whole bunch of confidence that just go out and say, do you know what? I am I am unique. I'm the only person on this world and I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Do you imagine if somebody sat me down and said, actually, why are you doing this podcast? Because let's face it, it's pretty unorganized. I mean, if we sit you next to somebody like so very wrong about games or board game barrage, I mean, do you actually talk about board games at all? Or is it just you having some kind of is let's face it, it's almost like you're you've done four hundred and ninety 
kind of episodes of interviews where you're trying to get a job and you've not managed to get a job yet. So you just keep on going until somebody goes back and says, here, have some money if you stop. But I, I love this, Richard. I love this about you. Like, and it, it comes, that comes across clearly in listening to you, you, only a couple of your episodes that you've wandered into this magical place where you're, you are like, how did I get to this beautiful life? How did I get to this? I, I do not worry. But I'll take your advice. If it wasn't probably already an adult film, I will go and write Fifty Shades of Gay. But no, or just write up these, <laughs> write up this thing, write up the you know, <laughs> write, write up all these man. I've got all these manuscripts sitting in a box. I'm not gonna do. I'm gonna do anything mm-hmm. with it. Right, but you still yeah. haven't answered the question, which is how you got. You've talked about paper. Can we talk about paper. cardboard? Can we talk about cardboard? Um, so after I got out of the service because they kicked me out, uh, I came to the uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. to help publish books. And why were there? I was there. Uh, the the guy I was doing contracting for, we formed a magazine for gay youth in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. because I hate money. Like Richard, I obviously just want to set it on fire, uh, and um, and so you know it was important. Like um, yeah, and so uh, I did this, and um, since we were really poor, one of the only ways to you know get the the the, the publication everywhere, we did print it. We had ten thousand readers. Yeah, um, was uh, to put it online. Right. Well, lo and behold something called the internet happens and how i know this richard is because i was in the operating room when al gore gave birth to it i was there (laughs) at the birth of the internet that's not true that's not true it was invented it was invented in scotland and it kind of came out of a hill there was like a shepherd and he was trying to get up to rescue a little lost lamb and he put his staff too far into a hill in Scotland and then what happened was it blew apart a rock and then the internet just started pouring out the side of the hill with its with its tubes and its cats but all of it that seems more it's that seems more seems more believable than do you not think it's like uh... an invasion of cats do you not think that like literally in about 10 years there's going to be like when you when you and me, right, are both kind of going about in our Zimmer frames, kind of trying to figure out, can we, can we, can we chew this super knot? And, you know, does it have wheat in it? Because otherwise I'm going to get bad gas. That there's going to be like cat-shaped, <laughs> there's going to be like cat-shaped UFOs that are going to come down and they're going to say, we were trying to prepare you for our invasion by sending you all of the cat videos that literally they were all telling you that we were going to be coming down and invading and you just completely ignored us and we gave you the internet and we also sent catnip but we gave you the, we gave you the internet i don't know where i'm going with this so but then so you got into the internet and you had yeah. your publication online I did, and, and I'm so still they, looking for the connection with the book. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, uh, so what ends up happening yeah. is, um, I had shot the entire uh, magazine. I did all the photography, mm-hmm. all the ad sales, and I was editor in chief. Right. So, 
Um, it was mainly me doing a lot of the heavy lifting for this individual thing. I had a, like the, the articles were writ written by contributors. We had models, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. He was the, uh, yeah, that, that, that was all great. I, and I did, had a web person, so I couldn't, the actual thing that, um, ended up leading me on to com uh, was somebody had said, Hey, you have a website. Do you want to come and help us out with bestbuy.com? Wow. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we have a creative services company. I'm like, no, I'm doing my thing. It, yeah. That's fine. Like, they're like, it pays a lot. I'm like, what's a lot? And then the next day I was like, Hey, I'm holding up the magazine. I'm going to work away. <laughs> Cause I had been poor for a very, very long time at this point. Yeah. I've been a student yeah. and then I've been in the, in the service and then I'd been in the like queer publication mm. and I was destitutely poor. And, uh, and then the, the people are just throwing buckets of money at me. Now, where, where this hits the cardboard is, uh, before the bubble bursts, uh, first dot com bubble bursts, um, they were so strapped to find qualified people. Um, and I went from Best Buy dot com to Medtronic dot com uh, after Best Buy launched. Um, they were so strapped for quality people that they thought I was quality people. So uh, they would give me my work <laughs> on Monday. I would get it done by noon. Yeah. And I would say, hey. You want to let me go? Uh, uh, I'm I'm done with everything you need. They're like, no, we need you to sort of stick around. All oh, right. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna go crazy if you like just leave me to sit at this <clears throat> desk. It's not gonna be good for anybody. You realize I'm a certified nuclear plumber, <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> Because I was a certified nuclear plumber. This is how it all, it all goes together, Richard. Uh, and they're like, that sounds dangerous. Why don't you work on whatever you want to work on? Wow. Um, as long as you don't leave here yeah. by 3 p.m. on Friday and we'll pay you for all the time. Yeah. And just be ready to do work. Yeah. And most weeks, I only had that Monday morning and then maybe something else. Wow. And so I hung out for like six months working on a game that I had worked on in the 80s. Uh, getting paid a gross amount of money because uh, I needed something better to do with myself. I had only recently returned to gaming after uh, finding that I had money. Um, that was the first thing I did, like, after getting money was return to gaming. It was Magic the Gathering. And oh, so, wow. Well, that's, a, that's a place you can sink a lot of money if you... If well, you I told, absolutely yeah, well, I want knew that because uh, yeah absolutely because I had been playing it before I even went into the service um I was there when I, I played magic with the first national champion of, of magic because uh, he also was in Ann Arbor at the time and I have been out loud longer than magic the gathering has been out <laughs> <laughs> just so you know Richard but then okay so when then why not a card game then uh, it was the the kung fu card game mm. uh, that I worked on was it was cards and it was dice and it was it's really good. I should really publish it. So what? Um, <laughs> why? Okay, is there is there is there an underlying current of a little bit of self doubt going on here? Oh, I have zero uh, game design or self esteem. 
<laughs> if you did not know this, if Will did not warn you, yeah. uh, Conquest Princess is amazing. It's had, gotten great critical reviews. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, it will be my sixth title. Guess how many uh, game boxes my name is on? About 12. Zero. <laughs> zero. What? Zero. 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 I have never put my name on a single box. But, but you said you've been involved in other games, though. I have. Yeah, yeah no but, one's going to put, like, yeah, but yeah, no. no but you're not on BGG, then, and you're not, like, a little... No, well, I'm on BGG, but my, my name's not on the box. <sighs> you have to go find me at the depths of in the instruction book who wrote this game. What kind of games are we talking about, then? Um, so, end of the line was post-apocalyptic family survival. That was our first big box uh -huh, game. Uh -huh, okay. Uh, before that was Squirrel or Die. Uh -huh. um, that's a small box game. And then in the small box series, we did another one called The Hedgehog Hop mm -hmm. and Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. Those are both fantastic games. And then a, like a like an in-between size box called Processing, a game of serving humanity. <laughs> and you've been there's cannibalism. But... There's cannibalism in all these games. <laughs> But, now Conquest Princess. But you were, but you were like, I know, but you were like, what you were helping design these games. You were a part designer. You were the full designer. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm the sole designer for End of the Line, Squirrel or Die, Hedgehog Cop, Processing. Uh, I got help with, uh, with Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber, the Yang Brothers. Mm -hmm. So it's designed by Yoon Yang and Yang. And then, uh, <laughs> it's seriously, like, it's a tongue twister if you say it. It is it. like the alliteration never ends. Uh, and then Conquest Princesses uh, started with me uh, with one writing partner, uh -huh. and now six and a half years later, I, I, I had the Yang brothers helping, giving me backup again. But you, so you're published then? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I published a lot of games. I've sold a lot of games, Richard. <laughs> but why didn't you put your name in the box then? I mean, what is that? I you you asked like low game, is a game designer self esteem. I always I came from a weird place yeah. where I always wanted people to be excited about the games yeah. and the brand, and I was not very excited about them being excited about me. Like uh, I did not like uh, when I was uh, publishing a queer magazine, like. Uh, the notoriety it gave me in in my sub community. I did not like everybody like creating. You can, but everybody else creating fantasy adventures that I was going on that weren't true. Yeah, <laughs> but but then at the same, it's just like it's like okay. See, what, if I write, if I'm doing a review, and yeah. if I remember, I try to make more of a conscious effort now than I used to. I try to like try and put more people in the credits as much as possible when I'm reviewing a game. Because I don't think the game is just the designer. There's a designer, no, there's a developer not. there, you know, there's a graphical yeah. designer, there's the artist. You know, mm -hmm. I, If somebody mentions it, I try to kind of put them in, in the review and I name them. Because I think these people can sometimes be as important to getting kind of getting the game on the shelf. And sometimes I do it and sometimes I forget. And sometimes, you know what I notice? Is that there's some games out there where they don't put the names of the people that were involved in the, they don't always put them visible on the box. Uh, then you've you've seen my games. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, who did this game? I just have no idea. Yeah, that's a common like fight in a box. The answer is fight in a box. I wanted always wanted people to recognize the logo. Mm -hmm. Um it's only in recent history mm -hmm. um trying like this is our tenth year of fight in a box, Richard. It's only recent history um that we put me front and center to uh sell the games. I've always been that in the at the conventions, uh, but I never wanted to do it for media. Uh, but 
everybody said you have to do this now. I'm so confused. What? I'm confused. I'm a pile of confusion. <laughs> Why? Because there's certain people that you kind of get. I would expect you to be kind of be out there, kind of like telling people, "Look, here's our game. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is, you know, you can." But I love a demo. I love a game demo because it's a structured thing. Yeah. Like, I understand what I'm supposed to do. I understand what you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to. I know what I'm supposed to deliver onto you. Yeah. Uh, but like. It took me a really long time getting comfortable talking to another interviewee or inter interacting kind of person. No, I get a that. A long time. No, no, no. I time. get no. I get that. I get that because my because it's like I I do get this people. I do get a lot of people saying I've not done a pod. The number of people that have the first time they've been on a podcast is when they've been on a podcast with me. Oh wow! You know, and. My job is to get us talking like this. Mm. As in, I want you just feeling kind of comfortable. So if you decide, well, let's talk about what we're going to be making for dinner tonight, you can bring that up in conversation. We'll just have a conversation about it. What I don't like is I don't... I understand people that do kind of like set questions. I understand where they're going. But I also understand that behind the game, there's a person behind the game. And I said this when I was speaking to Tori Brown. I say this when I was speaking to other people that sometimes... I I like to, I think, finding out more about the person that's behind the game is more interesting sometimes than the game itself. Sometimes. Oh, uh, well, this won't be one of those times. Oh, come on. Right. Like, when Tori Brown is back on, let me know. Because I will be like, yeah! Given this no. episode, one, this guest was the worst. This Shut guest up. was the um, worst. Stop it. Right. So, okay. So if that's the case yeah. then, so why do you bring something as kind of colorful and loud and ambitious and out there as conquest princess fashion is power because all the other stuff you named seems to be fun entertaining but it still seems to be quite kind of subdued ish and then did you just decide to go and say uh, this is where we're going with this so where where did the well... idea for conquest princess come from uh, Conquest Princess, um, I started six and a half years ago, and wow. uh, yeah, I, it, the first version of the game was a Mean Girl set collection area control game. <laughs> that sounds so fetch. <laughs> it was. It was really fun, but uh, you had to be like so old to appreciate that game and be willing to, to stay there for the punchline. Mm. Um, have you ever seen a boy and his dog or read the book? Probably I have, but I'm very old and don't necessarily remember everything that's happened in my life. <laughs> it's it's young Don Johnson with a telepathic dog uh, living through the post-apocalypse. Is that the one where they get to the end of the film and like it turns out that they've like the dog talks, but it sounds like they've actually eaten the girl <laughs> at the end of the yes! film. Yes! It's kind of, oh my gosh! It's kind yes! of alluded to that the fact that they capture yes! they capture them. And then no, they kind like, of decide that you've got to, they say, like, you've got to help us kind of, like, repopulate the planet. So they yeah, end up instead... kind of, they end up kind of, like, the dog ends up helping kind of free, feeding the guy. And then they kind of free the girl of the same. And then it ends up that they're walking off into the sunset and the dog turns around. And it's like one of these dark things that you just kind of go to remembrance. It's, you know, it's like almost along the lines of, 
you know, at least we know we can make it over this desert because we've just literally eaten the other person that we rescued kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah. like, end of the line is like that. Like, the punchline. And uh, the original, like, Conquest Princess isn't that sort of dark theme about how social media eats us. Mm. Um, and, you know, and with a th- thin veil of game mechanics on top of it. But it, it played too long for the punchline. Like, if I could have gotten that experience, what I wanted people to get in 45 minutes instead of two and a half hours... Uh then uh, it would have been a success. I even tried. Like, there's multiple... Like, this is the ninth complete rebuild of the game. Um, Thus, now it is a co-op crisis management game that plays in 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fashion houses and the lore from the original set sort of sticks around. But Conquest Princess, that originally was this area control set... Instead, turn to the giant robot in the new game. The the Conquest Princess is named after the most powerful weapon for justice in the galaxy. The Conquest Princess. This <laughs> is like a Samurai Pizza Cats. There was, it's there was so a, good. There was a cartoon. It's so good. There was a cartoon. Um, the, there's a prequel, 32-page prequel comic book about the giant robot itself called Princess Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a full cast motion comic version of it which is the second most beautiful thing that I've ever made. I wrote the script for it. I didn't do the animation. The uh, My illustrator from uh, Processing Return, yeah. the video editing is done by a creative director who's also the illustrator and graphic designer for Conquest Princess. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. So It's a woodblock couture look <laughs> at the dark history of our giant robot, the Conquest Princess. Is this the one that's got the big kind of translucent kind of purple head yeah so the thing about the conquest princess Mm. is that head shape changes depending which of the time agents is piloting it so on the cover it's it's purple and on fire because the purple agent is in charge yeah but when if you look at the game found page you see what it looks like when the mermaid shark agent is in charge which is much more kind of thing (laughs) I just, you know, I, I what is like this is where I look rude because I'm looking off to the right, but I've got two screens. It's just, but right. So tell me about the main mechanics. I mean, yeah, I can see this this big, huge, scary, yeah, fashion yeah. tyrant sends her invaders to shatter the galactic peace. Only the agents of <laughs> the Tiara have the right stuff to stop her. The Tiara, the Temporal Intergalactic Armed Response Agency. Well, I'm obviously not going to say it because it's pretty obvious what it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Richard. I'm sorry. You know, overstepped as it goes. Just like <laughs> you got Grant. Oh, you got Grant. Grant. Grant Lyon involved. He's worthwhile I getting did. involved just for his mustache. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm pretty. He's got a walrus. I'm pretty. I'm yeah, walrus I'm pretty sure the there's like tusks. There's going to be tusks. Yeah. He's slowly turning into some kind of walrus, but he's, he is incredibly yeah. funny. So how do we play the game then? Um, so, it, like a crisis management game, there is multiple areas, and in this game they call them battlegrounds. Mm. And so in the standard mission, there are three battlegrounds. There's the ship itself called the Tiara, named after the organization. Mm-hmm. There's an invasion going on, and then there's a mechapede. And in the standard mission, you have to reassemble your giant robot after uh, the fashion tyrant tried to steal it, but your pet co-pilots uh, 
enacted the Epsilon Protocol, breaking it down to its elemental gem bits. So you've got to use your normal action economy to go collect these gems by either blasting bad guys mm-hmm. or going to the locations and picking it up. Believe me, it is way more fun than it sounds. No, 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 no. Right. So is it kind of like? Is it kind of like? Is it kind of like collection game, or is it? Are you also having to kind of manage specific disasters that happen at the same time? I mean, is there stuff that's preventing yeah. you from kind of like collecting the various different parts of the robot as well? Then, right. Um, mostly, you know, there are bad guys trying to blow up your ship. Mm-hmm. So you got to blast them and repair their ship in case it's damaged. Um, you've got to make sure that the invaders don't land onto the planet. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure that the mechapede does not cover the planet in semi-sentient goo. So you, are you basically having to travel to different parts of the game board to make sure that those different parts kind of don't happen? Is that right. kind of what it is? Yeah, there's a little bit. It's <clears throat> like the battlegrounds, mm. the two battlegrounds to either side are basically five by five grids mm-hmm. with monsters and giant monsters that you've got to navigate through uh the rubber hits the road with this game in two ways it's not only the individual character action economy and then how it works with the fashion items Mm -hmm. but um it's a bag builder and you share the bag it's called the bag of destiny so richard when you want to shoot something Mm. you pull a tile from the bag of destiny yeah and if it's a hit yes it goes up. It goes onto the battle uh, battleground. Right. That means it's not in the bag. Okay. And if it's a miss, it goes onto your your gauntlet, your war gauntlet. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that means it's not in a bag. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to wrestle with the the probability in the bag to make sure your actions and the creatures that you are uh, destroying hit, and then you have to do various actions to try to get the dice. Or I mean the the tiles off of the. The, the battlegrounds and back into the bag. Can you add other enhancements into the bag as well? Yes. So you have on like, the Halo. Yeah. The heads up uh, assistant logistical orbital. <laughs> of, the Halo, of course. Which is why I'm not saying what it is because it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, there are four power up tiles that you can do. Two two power, uh, fashion tiles, mm-hmm. uh, a med tile, mm-hmm. and uh, the Titan tile. Um, and those all count as hits. Mm-hmm. And But in the bag, starting out with, you start with 15 hits, mm-hmm. five misses, and four critical fails. Wow. So what happens if you get a critical fail then? Does that... Does, you miss and you take damage. Does it also, does it block off your ability to do other things as well then? So if you take a critical... Um, no. Uh, it basically means you only have like four actions in a turn. Mm-hmm. It means your, your, your shooting action... You have a chance to, uh, you took damage instead of damaging your enemy, which usually puts you behind by a lot. Now, the the rubber hits the road in this game because fashion is power. Your ship, the tiara, of is. is going to, is, of course it is, is going to keep you from, uh, is going to keep you from harm and it's going to keep the timeline in order. Mm-hmm. So if you, let's say, all your armor patches run out, Richard, and you were going to take another blast from a bad guy, that would kill you. Mm-hmm. Well, the ship steps in and alters reality, uh, saving you so that it doesn't happen. But it burns fashion items from the power deck to do that. So you lose the game if you run out, uh, you ever run out of power, i.e. if you ever run out of things to wear. I mean, isn't that just life? 
Yeah, it is. Everything I write is autobiographical. <laughs> oh ended up running out of things to <laughs> wear. Where I live. Where I live. I mean, yeah. you know, Let's what's the, the point? In kind of setting outside. How how easy has it been to play test then? I mean, is something again? How do you have like a large playtesting network where you're going to get the games out, or do you have like a smaller group of people that you can rely on to be brutally honest with you? Because one of the things I notice about playtesting is one of the things I notice about playtesting, right, is you either get restaurant reviewers, and I'll explain 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 what I mean by that, or you get oh I know what that is, yeah, you know, or you kind of get the the kind of the that I wake up, I'm always angry about everything. I hate the fact that, you know, this box even exists. Get it, get it while you're standing next to me. Restaurant reviewers are the type of people that you walk around and you'll say, um, I'm really sorry the chef came out and literally pushed your mother over in her chair and then stood on her favourite dress. But is the soup okay? And they'll turn around and go, yeah, it's lovely, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> and don't worry about my mother. She didn't really like that dress. <laughs> you know, if he, could, if he can just, if the chef can just return her artificial leg at the end of it, because I know he threatened to stir the soup with it. So you get that type of people, those type of playtesting yeah. people. And they're just like, okay, well, they're trying to do a new game, so we'll be kind of nice. And they get the angry ones, which is just like everything's kind of rubbish. So with the playtesting, is it difficult to kind of get that? You try, you, you, I understand you kind of want feedback and you want people to say this game's really fun or this part needs changed. But with you kind of being involved in kind of game design for the length of time you have, is there like a set of people that you say, right, I'm going to give it to this person, this person, this person, and this person. And I know based on their responses, whether or not, it's worthwhile kind of putting stuff in or taking stuff out? Um, I might be a better project manager than I am a game designer. <laughs> uh, that's why it took me six and a half years to get this game to be great. Yeah. Uh, but the game is great. So the deal is, uh, this is how we do it. Mm. Okay. So um, I wrote an article a while ago about agile development methods for uh, making board games. Mm-hmm. And I follow this uh basically you set up goals and you do sprints mm. and so um we piece it together to a point and then we keep that internally right mm. and so we're tra- internally testing internally testing internally testing now what we did before 2020 before you know the world shut down i would bribe people on friday nights i would give them a burrito uh <laughs> to come and play my games what? I, I, I give you a burrito one burrito you come and play my game yeah, each person gets one burrito. One? One burrito. Do you get a drink with that? No. Yes, you get soda. <laughs> you don't You don't get them. one burrito, play test my game. Yeah, you get a burrito, mm-hmm. play test my What'd game. What did you put in the burrito? Whatever they wanted, whatever Chipotle let them put. Like. You don't even <laughs> make it for them? No, I'm not going to make them a burrito. Why not? I, not <laughs> I, I have like a very limited set of skills. Richard, you're not Liam Neeson. <laughs> I can do this one thing. I have a very specific <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> I do, I do. I'm glad you like this and got that reference. Okay, so yeah. Um, and then what ends up happening is um, Protospiel, Minnesota, uh-huh. in January. Mm-hmm. 
uh, starts the con season for me. And the con season is like nine conventions every other week for nine conventions. Wow. Okay. And so before that happens, we have the last, like, after it's been tested internally and then with burrito people, mm. then we have uh, protospiel. And at the end of protospiel, we decide if we're going to take the game to convention testing. That means it's my game that I am putting in front of our fans yeah. at the conventions that I've been to, yeah. asking them, uh, do you like it and would you back it? And then some other questions and so forth. And then um, it goes through that cycle. And then uh, if it survives it, Princess failed it once. Um, that's how we knew that we could not go forward with the first version. Yeah. Um, uh, then we bring it to crowdfunding. But you don't make the burritos. No. <laughs> no, I do not make the I'm burritos. just, you know, that's all I'm seeing at the moment. I want you to play yeah. test my game. Can't be bothered making you food. No, I can get you food. Well, that's, you know, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is, if it's, if it's, if it's kind of the same thing. What? Okay. I make the game, Richard. The game. That's... That's a more I'm specific just saying skill that you could be doing some themed food while they're playtesting that. I could get them space food? No, just like themed Like astronaut stuff. ice no, cream? Like... Yeah. You could get like one of those, you know, one of those like dog, you get dog pouches <laughs> and they're silver foiled. And you could yeah. just say, there you go, here's your space food. Get like a couple Play of markers, draw some stars on it. They wouldn't know any difference. Yeah, play my game. And then yeah, put it in a taco kind of thing. Does that does that answer the question about how I get? No, so we have rigorous testing. Yeah. There's a lot of boom, 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 boom. Yeah, but I've been doing this for 10 years, and, like, Minneapolis is filled with industry people. Mm. Like, there's a bazillion board game people from Chip Theory to Adam's Apple to Leader Games to Fantasy Flight to wow. Z-Man. Yeah, no, there's a bazillion of us up here. So do you actually do you actually go and knock on like Chip Theory's door and say, "Hey, do you fancy something less crunchy, um, a, less crunchy uh, to occasion- play?" <laughs> I, I can't, occasionally I do, but you know they gave me their industry champion award this year. See, this is what I don't understand. It's like you're kind of like going, "Oh, I'm quite quiet and kind of like you know I don't like to kind of sing my own praises here, except for the time that one time." In band camp where I was made industry champion, you know, I'm getting conflicted. I'm, kind of I'm Asian, Richard. I'm not okay with praise. I'm really I, not I, comfortable you know, with compliments. Not, not, I, no, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Okay, so with that kind of with that kind of attitude that you have, <laughs> how is it? Remember, you said yes. I'd like to point out. You said you said you are coming to the podcast. You said yes. William kind of like was involved in it, but at the end of the day, you said yes. <laughs> with that in mind then how difficult yes. is it has it been to kind of market it to get the name I mean you've got the catalogue of games behind you yeah but obviously it's all you keep marketing to the same people and you get diminishing returns which is why our downloads are going to go in like a burning spitfire at the end of um, that film with burning spitfires but Tom Hardy there you go Gallipoli. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. But with diminishing returns, so how do you then go out and market it? And do you have kind of, because my other view, my other thing on learning about you is that you've obviously somebody that's been involved in a niche kind of publication and getting the word out. Now, 
putting something like yeah. that together and getting the word out and getting eyes on that, that doesn't just happen by magic. It takes kind of like, it takes time, it takes work, it takes attention, it takes the ability to kind of like speak to the right people, get your, get your right anchor people, get your champions as well, who are people who are going to talk about your product even when you're not kind of asking them to. So when it comes to like Conquest Princess, with how have you approached the marketing? Has it been a difficult thing to do or is it just another one of these things that you just have to project manage and kind of get out there? It's so hard. I, you know, um, the size of gamer, the number of gamers doubled since 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay. And those are people who self identify as gamers. Mm -hmm. The number of games published every year is it uh, creeps up every year, but we're now under a more than 4,500 SKUs are added to tabletop every year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what ends up happening to be the bottleneck is exactly what you're talking about. The bottleneck isn't not enough gamers to play games. The bottleneck is how do you compete with the uh, people who have a lot of success behind them Mm -hmm. and uh, break the media barrier or the marketing barrier when you can't afford it. And so uh, the answer is that there's a lot of grassroots. Um, It's hopefully uh, with your fandom, like evangelizing for you. um, That's that's a big deal. Uh, Conventions allow you to connect one on one with people. Events that you would not necessarily think um, have gaming elements. You take advantage of you become those gaming elements. Yeah. And so stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it become the case now that you need to allocate a definite marketing budget when you're putting a game out there? Uh, oh God, yes. Because it, it depends on the budget of the game. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a whole communication plan and marketing plan to go forward yeah. with any, yeah, like, and it's got to be serious. Yeah. Uh, this project is super ambitious because the size of box, you know, it takes up a whole three by five table. Mm-hmm. It's four games in one. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's whatever, two kilograms. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, right? a, it's not chip theory heavy, but. Yeah, no, no. I mean, no, I mean, and the reason I'm asking the question is I remember, but I mean, I've been doing this for like seven seven years now so i remember interviewing people you seemed uncertain for a second Richard. well You're like because it's like it's 26 2016 and then it's like is this in my eighth year have i done seven years already i think i've done seven years already and i think i'm in my eighth it's like i'm you know it's like you know it's like i'm, I'm the yeah. type of person that walks out of a room and goes what was i in that room for again <laughs> you know and then realize it was trousers and i'm going to prison again but um <laughs> Again. But oh, Tuesday, <laughs> so frustrating. I don't have enough money for bail. But what I'm saying is, like, when I started off with this and was first interviewing the people that were doing Kickstarter, marketing was just Kickstarter itself was marketing. Yeah, by having your yeah. game on mark, by having your game on Kickstarter, people were like, yeah, Kickstarter was exciting and wonderful and fine. Yeah. And then it's kind of moved into a thing where it's almost like. Kickstarter allows you to spread your idea, but in order to spread your idea in the first place, you've got to have kind of money behind you. So it's almost it's almost like Kickstarter has become part of the whole marketing process. And in order yeah. to get money, I'm surprised we're not going to get Kickstarter or Game Game Found. 
which is kind of like the crowdfunding campaign that you do in order to get marketing money and collateral together before you actually do your crowdfunding campaign, which sounds kind of strange, but I know of so many people like, you know, yeah, no, it's like, and they, there's that gamemanship about like what your actual number is and like, you know, super Mm. exceeding your goal and Insta funding. And it's all this gamemanship, but like conquest princess does not fit into that mold. Mm. We're an indie studio that needs your help or the game won't be made flat out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I have two additional jobs on top of my full-time job for fighting a box for a reason. <laughs> uh, so I, I can eat. Like, Yeah, and I kind of, so, I see that all the time and I'm kind of like, I totally believe it because yeah. I do know game designers and, you know, if you meet up with them, they're not picking up the tab at the restaurant every time. I mean, these guys aren't getting quick. You know? Maybe once. I thought Maybe I'd only once. bring the Lamborghini with me tonight, seeing as it's raining and the Maser- the Maserati. It's it's obviously you can't put the top up on it. Um, you know. Yes. So I, you know, I know a lot of game designers. It's like, yeah, I'm making money, but I'm not making a lot of money. So they're kind of struggling to kind of get that to kind of get that to kind of get that. Um, oh yeah, like board games is a hard category too. Um, you know, think about like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering. These these are machines mm-hmm. that republish themselves four times a year, mm-hmm. right? You know, different sets, these kinds of stuff. Then they just repeat, repeat, repeat. Think of like Dungeons and Dragons, like again and again, and, and they take so much of the intellectual share of people and their time. Yeah. Um, and up against that, you are a little publisher saying, Hey, do you want to try this out? I promise it's worth your time. And, um, sometimes people are on board. Sometimes people aren't. Uh, and, uh, when they are, I am so incredibly grateful because this person has chosen, uh, to use their most precious time that Mm. they have on the planet, Mm -hmm. the time they choose for themselves on, uh, my game. Which is which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Though I guess I mentioned the K word, which some people consider calling it the K word now because it's you know let's face it, if you it's it's like I wonder if they kind of like have a meetings with Twitch and say, well I can do this worse, and then they go okay but we'll do this worse. You know, I'm just wondering, well, I'm going to do this worse. It's like, well, come on, we've got a bag of puppies over there and a liquidizer. <laughs> kind of thing. This is why you get cancelled, Richard. This is why just, you get you know, cancelled. They know, you know what, things like I've asked Kickstarter and they said, no, do you know why? Because I'd spend 35 minutes grilling them and going, you know, why do you hold no, why do you take people's money like Twitch and then hold no responsibility over, you know, projects? I don't know. Anyway, that's beside the point. Was there a dis- okay? Was there a reason that you decided to go to GameFound apart from the um, fact that they seem to be lovely people? <laughs> uh, the answer is um, Chip Theory knew to let me know about um, about the award before they awarded it, mm-hmm. and so um, their audience is on GameFound, yeah. and to try to capitalize on their help, mm-hmm. we moved to GameFound. Simple as that. Yeah. Nothing untowards. No. Nope. Sounds fantastic. Made myself yeah, well, out. Made myself out to be an idiot there, but it's okay. <laughs> I, 
I, you know, I'm a, you know, we should all get along and sit down and play games, and that's how it starts, kind of person. That is, um, yeah. Uh, it's weird that me existing has become polarizing um, and sad. Mm. Uh, it's not nothing I ever wanted. It's one of the reasons why I stayed hidden behind the boxes for as long as I did. Which I think is a bit of a shame. What's the um? What's the kind of the Can, get? What's the kind of the getting in kind of price? As for, in, for the game, for, for the play, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean so, for so, for the cinema. Because I tell you what, I saw Spider Man the other day, right, and it was about thirty bucks for two of us to go and see it. And I was wow. Like, yeah. Wow. Ridiculous. Right, so this was uh, this is seventy five dollars uh, US. So that's literally four tickets to go and see Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> the UK and you will have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Is it is it just a you ju- is it just the one kind of pledge level or do you have kind of like multiple kind of pledge levels that you can go for like multiple that's extras very, and stuff like that? That's very sweet of you. You ask. Um, uh, one of the reasons that a person might want to uh, like like support this project mm-hmm. instead of wait to retail is we are famous for our high-end extras mm-hmm. that we only offer during the campaign or conventions and then don't ever offer to retail again, and then they run out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you can get those. Um, uh, there's a lot of fun going on as well. We do have uh, something called the Like It of Extravagant Opalescence, <laughs> which is so the characters, when they transform, did we talk about the characters transforming? Richard? No. The character, you, yes, everybody deserves to have a magical girl transformation. And this is why people say this is uh, Sailor Moon meets Star Trek. So your characters have a super level, like, wow. and you collect power cubes by turning fashion into power cubes. Mm. Uh, and, you, and then when you have your sequence in your actionometer, which is your gauntlet, mm. then you, boom. You transform at the end of that round, uh, giving you a super move, and then it, it's great. It's just super satisfying as far as an experience goes. Uh, but the main problem with um, being small and indie is, you know, like I can't offer the deep discounts during a crowdfund that somebody else could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like get this game now, get a huge discount. Like there's a lot of big publishers who are able to do this. That's, that's, that's sort of whatever. The theme is also people don't realize that the theme is for them. And when people say that, I look at them and I go, did you enjoy everything, everywhere, all at once? Yeah. And the answer is yes. But if I told you it's a story about a mother and daughter trying to come to terms, did you want to watch it? Mm, no. <laughs> right? What's, what, this is, what, what, is that the theme? <laughs> that's actually what happened. I know. Like, 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 you know, yeah. or is it like, is it about a mother not accepting her queer child? Like, if I told you any, the actual thing, yeah. right? Um, and instead of people say just, or like, this is a movie of where you're going to have an emotional moment about rocks with googly eyes on them. Right? If I told people that, that the exact same moment you have with everything everywhere all at once yeah i swear you have that chance with conquest princess you don't realize this hits on so many use of universal themes and the mechanisms are so good uh and you don't have to take my word for it take it don from a secret cabal or take alex radcliffe's uh like word for it the game is incredible is there i mean is there a chance that you could take this to a publisher and get it published another way. I'm a publisher, Richard. Hey, do you know what I mean? No, do you know what I mean? Work with another, work with another publisher. 
and oh, collaborate think, with them if you know because it looks fantastic yeah, you know it, it is fantastic they're probably like there's probably a universe where somebody picks it up reskins it mm. to like some ip and makes a bazillion dollars it's probably a universe i should probably try to make that that my goal like please give me your ip for xena or give me your ip for um let's see People have done a lot of aliens recently. Uh, it, it could be Shira, but that's still that's still 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 too, too close. Um, any at anything where you are um, running around picking up our armor and power ups. It could be Mega Man. It could be Metroid. Like any of these places, any of these things where you're running around picking up power ups and blasting bad guys. Uh, this you could put that IP over this link. Absolutely. Legend of Zelda. You could, <laughs> you could really, you could. The weird like, stuff. Yeah, you could, you could definitely do that. You've um, actually, but... you have actually got a pledge level, which is every pet everywhere all at once. <laughs> I do. I have to congratulate you. That's brilliant. So uh, <laughs> we've it, got it, the main. So the main fashion hunter is seventy five dollars, and then right. you've got the time agent. Um. Which gives the bag of, the bag of ultimate destiny and stand days of utmost elegance. Yeah. Which is so $129. That's the level for the, the, the game collector level. Mm. Not like the super collector, but the bag of ultimate destiny, uh, that's the up, the essential upgrade that you would want for this game. Mm. It, it changes the cardboard tiles to the, the acrylic tiles. Oh, yeah. gives you a super satisfying clickety-clack. Yeah. And then makes it so the tiles don't wear out. Um, that is really, really good. And the time agent then also upgrades your cardboard standees to the acrylic standees. The next level up is the one where you get the light kit mm. and the neoprene mat. It looks, it, it looks, do you know what I like about it? It looks different. There's it not enough different. color kind of going about. You know, I see so many games nowadays. You know what I mean? If I have to look at another kind of dull gray, brown kind of dark mossy green it, kind of dungeon crawling kind of you know color and palette that's, that's what sells to people the exact same uh color palette that they use for men's products <laughs> because no seriously yeah, yeah. like that that steely gray and that's because um despite the fact that more women have joined great gaming in 2020 than 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 men by a lot mm. uh all these products are uh, still focused on that one group and the the nature of it has to do with the math of um from of crowd funds uh, if you don't know this there's an invisible uh curtain um that keeps gaming content that you and i might see yeah. completely invisible from women on meta for example uh the cost for uh, per conversion for women on the platform is 30 percent higher and I can explain all the math of that reason is, but that for the algorithm check and for most like setting your cost per click, that means that's a fail. That means you and I saw ninjas lost like 8,000 times mm -hmm. in the last six weeks, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but now a woman said, what? What the hell is ninjas yeah, yeah. lost? Like yeah. I saw that every, like every third minute. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah. And in a culture where gatekeeping is determined by how much you know, or if you knew it first, uh, which is bad. Don't do that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there was uh, the the whole AEG thing oh my God. recently, which was, was kind of yeah. like, which yeah. 
And I'm not going to comment on that directly, but I will comment yeah, on not. I will comment on something something that um, somebody said, which was like, "Yeah, this is all great, but how many how many women do you have actually taking pictures? It's not about making pictures, but how many people do you have, or uh, you know, actually looking at the pictures that are coming in?" And I think that yeah. was kind of that was kind of interesting kind of thing, you know. Or will we yeah, offer absolutely. kind of anybody can pitch? It's like, yeah, but who have you got actually looking at the pitches coming in to make sure that? Yeah, there's no a, bias. A different, yeah, yeah. Just as a maybe a yeah. different, a different eye. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see how that <laughs> that was like. Like, yeah, I don't want to go yeah. there. I can't. You know, it's like I should say. You know, it's like, but you know, you don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> Well, you also don't like we're having fun, and you don't want to like. Yeah, we say don't want to double the mood. You know what I mean? No, no, yeah. no. And we don't want to upset people what? when we're talking out our asses. It's, That's yeah, it's a, it's a thing. And it is it is Wednesday. <laughs> um, when you're not sorry, getting, I added, when I you're added, not, I added your episode on a downer, Richard. No, 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 I'm no, so no you're not. No, no. When you're relaxing, what do you want to do? What do you like to do when relaxing? Obviously, I work. You're in the board game side of things. Okay, it's like I'm going to give the most Asian answer. <laughs> I did, I did. I clean actually. It's a, worse than that. This is the second was... racist comment. I'm going to note down. I'm going to put timestamps in this episode, which Shame is basically you. here's my first, here's my first casual racism comment, and here's my second casual racist comment and i'm just gonna let them put don't it do out it there. richard you're lovely just gonna, don't let people misconstrue how put, lovely put you it are. Out there. but do yeah. you i mean do you do you chill out at all do you, is it difficult to switch off as well i mean because when you can when you're kind of conditioned to kind of say like i'm gonna work my job i'm gonna do kind of like nine to five and kind of stuff like that i mean i'm gonna once I finish here, I'm going to download this episode. I'm going to download the episode with it done with Kevin, and then I'm going to edit it. And then I've got you're going to edit them together. <laughs> edit them together. <laughs> I'm going to have you talking back and forward. I'm going to take my track out, and then I'm just going to edit you talking to each other. And then folk are going to say, "These boys are making no sense. These boys are making no sense." And what? I love it. <laughs> And why is Seppi accusing Kevin of being racist? <laughs> <laughs> why is Kevin being cancelled? It could be like it could be like that bit in Loki and the One Division, where if you play the episode at exactly the same time, right. it's like they yeah. kind of come together and there's like this ultimate kind of kind of moment coming in. But what do you do? What do you do to relax? I mean, if board games, because for a lot of people, board games are kind of like hobbies. I'm a broken human. I I've know, been living but... in. Well, I don't I'm know. living in fun. I've been in living in fun land for so long. Mm. Like my job is to make engaging experiences, right? Mm. And so for to relax, I clean and help people <laughs> find jobs. <laughs> you should see what I can do with a duster. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, you should see. Like this is like. Oh! You know, I do old guy stuff. Like I go for walks. I I do watch anime. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, but I love games. I love the gaming community. Do you um, do gardening then? No, 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 I don't. I I can't afford like a space that would give me a garden. Not even a small window box. Uh, no, no. I'm like I'm almost street level, so that would just be weird. <laughs> 
you just well, I don't know. I think you could do that. And then you'd have people. I suppose you put it outside that like five minutes later, somebody would be off. There'd be yeah, some miscreant yeah, running yeah, down the street yeah. with a window box saying, "I'm going to grow my own yeah. tomatoes." <laughs> I've got this dark again. <laughs> have you considered kind of like I don't know, um, learning how to make your own burritos? I was just that was just a thought. <laughs> um. Richard, if we uh, get into physical proximity to each other, yes. I will figure out a way to make you a burrito. Yeah, it'll have to be, it has to be gluten-free and dairy-free. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not see, even worth it. See, it's oh, my bullet. God. You know, it's going to be a taco. It have to be, yeah. It's going to be a taco, a taco shell with casual violence. That's all that's going <laughs> to be in it. Um, tacos. We can make tacos. So I will make sure that we put the link to the game found project in the show notes. Thank you. So that people can decide positively that they're going to take up the conquest of this princess. But if people are interested in finding out where you exist on the internet webs, where do you exist on the internet webs? Uh, Fightinabox.com. Everything fight in a box on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, especially TikTok, actually, weirdly so. Um, yeah, you can find me awesome. at fight in a box. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll put all the links in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the internet webs and search for We're Not Wizards and you will find us in all the different exciting places. Um, sometimes where the cam things are, mostly where the wild things are. And you'll find us on Instagram and we've got our blog and we've got our Facebook page and we've got Twitter and we've got, you know, I've got our podcast. And if you like our podcast, then go to Spotify. And if you like us a little bit more, then consider rating us on Spotify. And if you are going to be rating us on Spotify, then don't give us 10 stars because it makes me big headed. And as you can see, this is like a balloon. (laughs) This thing gets any bigger. I'm going to need like sandbags tied around my feet so I don't float away. But don't give us one star because it'll make us cry. Give us something in the middle like a five because it's average. And I'm just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight, rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Sepiyun. <clears throat> thank, thank you for coming on the show. There's only two more things to do. First thing okay. to remember, there are many things but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Seppi? We're not wizards. Definitely not. And the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Seppi. Say goodbye, Seppi. Goodbye, Seppi. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, and pick your battles. Pick your fights. And if you're going to pick your conquests, make sure it's a princess. Until the next time, goodbye. <clears throat> Thank you for Aww. thank you for coming on the show. There's only two more things to do. First thing okay. to remember: there are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Seppi? We're not wizards. Definitely not. And the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Seppi. Say goodbye, Seppi. Goodbye, Seppi. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember: stay safe, roll sixes, and pick your battles, pick your fights. And if you're going to pick your conquests, make sure it's a princess. Until the next time, goodbye.
Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. 